Hello, ladies, gentle thems, and everyone betwixt and between. The following episode was recorded on July 17th, 2020. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to Cheers and Queers, a boozy podcast about black queer life. I am Kiria, and I am already sweating. And I am Ishoke, and I am pleasantly surprised about my positive (laughs) mental state of being. (laughs) Hey, I love to see it. What do people need to know about us? Um, so people need to know that we need you to support our podcast. How can you do that? You can become a patron. So the link to our Patreon is in the show notes. You can search Cheers and Queers on Patreon. And you can donate to us at several levels. We want to thank KL for upping their pledge. We really appreciate <laughs> your... Yes. We really appreciate your continued support. And we want to encourage folks to pledge to us on Patreon. Uh, we also have like individual giving. If you're like, I can't give every month, but I got I got these coins right now. And if you don't have the coins, if you're like, mm, girl, this Rona got me, you can rate us on iTunes. Um, it is super, super important. It helps other people find the podcast. It bumps us up in the Apple podcast searches. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are slowly populating it with cute pics. Cute. Um, it's cheers the letter N queers. Use the hashtag cheers the letter N queers. That's cheers the letter N. <laughs> as in Nancy, as in nasty, as in now. Nah. <laughs> uh, cheers and queers to contribute to the conversation. Let us know what you're drinking uh, while you're listening and chat with other queers. All right. Are we ready to check in? I don't know. My host just disappeared real quick. Oh, I just I'll just say it again. Thank you, KL. I don't know who you are, but I love you already. You're like the best. Thanks for being um, a supporter. That like actually really means a lot. And I hope that we have many other patrons and we will um, be showering you with our uh, love and appreciation. Are we ready to check in? Yes, let's go. Okay, so caveat. I had, I did like a little like dance workshoppy thing today, which I have not been doing. And it got me thinking, what are the states of your body? What do I mean when I say that? So what I, I realized is that, right. <laughs> As I was moving, I was like, oh, like there are feelings happening and there's a lot of them. And like, I have like three basic words. I have like pleasure discomfort and pain but there's actually other things happening so like what's at least one other state of your body that is not pleasure is not discomfort that is not pain and maybe where you are right now 
So name, pronoun, and what's the state of your body? Ooh, okay. Ishoke, she, her, and ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I've been doing a lot of like movement-based healing, discovery stuff. And I think a word that comes to mind is actually discovery. Mm. But but really like a base, a baser form of discovery, which is like just curiosity, like mm. in, in doing floor work, in doing heel work, in doing freestyle, right? You end up in these like spaces, right? You end up in these poses, you end up in these positions. Mm-hmm. And instead of being hypercritical, as I often am when I am in classes, when I'm learning choreography or when I'm learning a skill set, when I'm in freestyle classes or when I'm in, you know, sort of discovery mode classes, like it's really a question of me saying like, oh, I've, I've ended up here in this like shoulder roll. Mm-hmm. Does it feel oh. good? Do I like it? And where can I go oh. from here? I like your like smooth like, yeah, so I'm just casually in a shoulder roll. Because sometimes you just end up, you're like, oh, you're like, or I'm a person who like, I'm discovering what upside down feels like. Like I'm, one day I will have a pull. Love that. But like, I'm, I'm trying to build the like core and back strength to like comfortably invert in yoga positions, Mm -hmm. in floor work positions and on the pole. And so I'm, I'm, I spend a lot of time being like, oh, what does it mean for my head to be on the facing the ground and for my hips to be facing like mm. my pelvic floor to be facing the ceiling? Mm. And what are what sort of, you know, oftentimes I get there and then I'm like, ah, <laughs> what do I do? Oh, my gosh. Right. And so like this this space of, of really curiosity, what comes next? What feels good for yes. my body to go, yes. to go from there? I love it. I love the enjoyment of the I don't know what's coming next. That's a beautiful place to be in. Love that. All right. Kyria, she, her, uh, or femme if you nasty. And a state of my body is much less um, utopic than what you described. (laughs) It is holding. And I want to name holding because that is what Mm. my body's been doing a lot. Mm. Like since March, it's been like. Mm, like seizing, grabbing, holding. It's different than pain. Mm. It can be uncomfortable, but it's also more specific than discomfort because the action my body is doing is like, I got this. Maybe another word for it is girding, but that Mm. sounds like less sexy. So holding. (laughs) I'm a bitch who says gird your loins casually in conversations. True, 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 true. (laughs) So my my loins are girded (laughs) and everything else. So that's where I'm at. And so when I was like really just like my earlier when I was in this workshop and she was like, lift your shoulders. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And like wiggle your hips side to side. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And it wasn't again. I'm like, is this pain? And it's like, not necessarily. It's Mm. just I've been holding and it's hard to hold something heavy and also move around. So I'm trying to cultivate more space. I'm trying to cultivate an eased grip Mm. and I'm working on that. And I will say that is progress because I have not been working on that. And now I'm working on that. So here we are. Yeah. A tool that someone (laughs) gave me a while ago was holding something like an egg. Mm. You know, because you have to, you have to, eggs are round. They're kind of slippery. Yeah. 
right? You got to hold it. You can't just like un- unclench right. your hand. You can't you can't be uncognizant of it. And they're also delicate. Right. You can't right. squeeze too tight. Right. You can't apply too much pressure in any one place. Right. So, so you're recommending that I like hold my whole body more like an egg. Than... Yeah. Like a like an more like an egg, less like a stone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a, that's the goals. <laughs> Um, we have another amazing guest today. Do you want to introduce them? Yeah. Um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but I'm going to say, this the homie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we go back to really like organizing spaces, like spaces where we were like learning how to do things together, like learning mm-hmm. what it meant to be together in a way that like felt good and safe and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And also ratchet twerk spaces. I'm just going to yes. be honest about that. Those can be the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's literally what we're going to talk about today. Right. How <laughs> how to make spaces where we like heal and hold the same spaces as when we're twerking on a handstand. Um, so definitely want to introduce. Liberation. That's right. That's what liberation <laughs> looks like. Ugh. For me. Li- literally. <laughs> literally. Okay. Um, so want to introduce <laughs> my boo. Jewel the gem. And want to ask you uh, to give us your name, to give us your pronouns, and then to give us your your description of, of how you're feeling in your body. What's the state of your body? Yeah. I'm so happy to be on this podcast. <laughs> I just want to say, it was like late at night, and I got a WhatsApp from Ashoke. I was like, Ashoke, anywhere you want me to be, I will fit it in my schedule. There are 20 people happening. I will be there for you. What did you mean? Yes. I didn't even know the topic. I said, I'm going to be here. What you want? Um, so my name is Jewel. I go by Jewel the Gem on all the, not all the, it's really, I don't have Twitter. I just have Instagram. So that's it. That Instagram, I go by Jewel the Gem. That's my it. Are she, her, her, and... I identify very deeply with being a ratchet revolutionary. I've also been thinking about being a girl healer. So I hold both of those very near and dear to my heart. Um, What I've been feeling in my body, like listening to y'all, I'm like, oh yeah. Um, I feel like in the beginning of the pandemic, I was like doing a lot of like movement with my body, Mm -hmm. yoga, whatever. And then the last couple of weeks, because I've been doing so much, I'm like, all I could do is just go like, just put my hands over my head and just put it out. And that's it. Like, I'm just like, that's that's so legit. That's it. (laughs) That's it. I definitely have been holding a lot. Like, I've been feeling a lot of neck Mm. pain. I can't figure out if it's because my braids are heavy or because. Right. (laughs) Fems be like. I'm like, is it the braids? Is it stress? I don't know. But I've been feeling a lot of like, like tension on my my neck and upper back, but I also um, have a tattoo on my back of a black woman mm-hmm. holding the earth on her back. Mm-hmm. And so I've been like, I wonder if I'm tapping into that. And last wow. what I'll say is on a spiritual level, I got a reading and while the person was doing a reading, they were like, my back is hurting as I'm like, as mm-hmm. I'm doing the reading for you. So I was like, oh, sorry. I think I'm transforming that into you, my bad. So um, I've been wow. I've been holding and I feel it in my neck and I feel it in my back, my neck. 
Not bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> See, what you need is someone to come work it out for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Listen, I'm taking offers. All they got, but, the, but the way they got an offer, I'm not going to be on the tenders and whatever. Send me right. calendar invite so I know it's real because I'm a Virgo. Okay. Oh, oh send yes, me I love a, Virgo. a Google Calendar. I love a Virgo. I, too, love a Virgo. <laughs> I, have a, I have a pool teacher. Her name is Carmine Black. She's actually a sex goddess like fuck what oh. you heard fuck what yep, you yep. heard she is a black woman and actually a sex goddess mm. and she's a whole bird going up i didn't know that for a while and i was like i don't know why you just daddying me <laughs> in class Ooh. like just like oh really just giving me like full daddy like do this Ooh. when i tell you and how i tell you and me being like oh my god oh, yes whatever you need <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, I can't wait for daddy vibes. It's such big daddy. It's, it's just like daddy <laughs> energy. Um, it's so true. <laughs> and then I, and then she was like, I'm a Virgo. And I was like, oh. Yep. I love that. Should we review this drink that we drank in? Yeah, let's review the drink. Um, right. So this actually, um, I asked Jewel like what she was into. And she was like, you know, I love margaritas. Um, Kiri and I have definitely been having a whiskey bourbon summer. <laughs> <laughs> With citrus. With citrus. And so I like, spent some we're, time. It's because we're trying to build our immunity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it is a pandemic. So it's a right. it's a pandemic. So we need the vitamin, vitamin C. C. Yes. <laughs> um, so we have come or I spent some time and really just came up with like a really simple Kentucky margarita recipe. It's whiskey, whatever your favorite whiskey or bourbon is, it's lime juice and it's agave. That's it. You can get real fancy. You can put a salt rim. You can get some lime. You could get some mint. You can get whatever you want and like make it a little fancy. But literally, the ingredients are whiskey, right. lime, and agave. <laughs> right. Well, and I put so I you said mint, and I said you don't have to tell me twice. So mine is <laughs> feels like it's like a mint julep with lime. <laughs> Word. Word. Um, I didn't put mint in mine. I I had a little bit of a salt rim, but I put mine inside of a, I have like a frosé maker. I know, I'm jealous. It's great. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah. Y'all should, should sponsor I might get one. us, whoever you are, Rabbit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just put, I like followed the like recipe for a margarita in their, from their like little like cocktail book except that i sub i subbed in uh i subbed in whiskey and uh yeah it's great it's it's cute it's not too sweet it's not it's not too spirit forward but it is pretty spirit it's not (laughs) did i do i I don't feel like it's very spirit forward (laughs) but i put like orange i put orange juice and lime juice in mine you made a whole different drink no i literally squeezed an orange and then squeezed a lime you can see a picture of it on our instagram i followed the instructions girl it is bourbon a little lime some ice and some mint it's a little it's literally an ounce of orange (laughs) juice and like or like proportionally an ounce of orange juice an ounce of lime and then 
bourbon. <laughs> okay, so you freestyling, Jewel? What, what you think? What'd you do? Did you did you edit? Did you adapt? So I did a little bit of whiskey, some lime juice, and agave. I like sweet drinks, so I put a little bit more agave than I probably Great. should have. But you know, I have an IG live recording after this, and so I was like, I should sip, but it's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. But I may just show up to the live drunk. I mean, it's just... I mean... <laughs> it might be a party. It's fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? The people going to get what they're going to get. So. It's true. Right. It's true. <laughs> um, I feel like... I feel like that you will be delightful regardless of your situation. It's true. I'll try. <laughs> um, I will put a link to the actual like recipe for um, a Kentucky margarita in the show notes but as y'all can see we out here freestyling right that seems to be the season it's like season what do you got like, start with the base and like and have fun fuck <laughs> it up as you see fit right exactly <laughs> I love that. All right. So I want to get right into it, honestly, because same, you already same. mentioned, Joe. you were like, I have an IG live and we already know like how many people are going to be tuning into that because you have a platform, you have a following, you are somebody. <laughs> so um, I want to hear a little bit about, here's what I know you from, which is much less than Ashoka knows you because we ain't homegirls yet, but we could be. Oh, we will. Which is, I have come to uh, the Ratchet Realm and gotten quite sweaty and mm-hmm. sort of, you know. Mm-hmm enjoyed myself and uh that's a party that back in the days back in the before times in the before uh, times when we could go outside right it was at what's called love love, love story. story love story in bushwick which is a thousand miles from my home so it you know if i'm gonna go over there it has to be worth it and it was it was always very packed very cute really good vibes honestly like i didn't feel like anybody was being too extra I didn't feel like there was like com- competitive it felt like people were there to have a good time I was there there was a, a contest one time Ashoke won it um <laughs> what, what was that for wait was it was that a twerk for... contest that's right a twerk con- oh my god that was so beautiful I now I got the flashback <laughs> okay anyways I'm gonna stop so I know you as an as a party promoter Ashoke also mentioned that you met in organizing spaces so you are both an organizer and a party promoter, I really want to hear you describe it in your own words. And what is what is the space between those things? Yes. So I'm like, where do I start first? Like, which one? Yeah. I guess I'll start in terms of my organizing because I think it it segues right into why I created a Ratchet Room last year. So you know, I was I was um, chapter chair of Black Youth Project 100. I was with that organization for about four four to five years. Oh wow. And um. But I was in leadership for New York in the New York City chapter. And it was transformative for me. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about community. I learned a lot about my gift around mobilization. I feel like I've always been a gatherer of people. Like I remember in third grade, like gathering my people to write a petition. I know it was a petition. And like Oh, I love I you. I love it. I wanted to do a dance for my school assembly. So I gathered my friends and taught them choreography. I've always been that girl, but I feel like I feel like Black Youth Project 100 really, like, really helped me manifest and really step into that gift as, like, oh, girl, like, you you say you're about to do a thing, you gather the people, people listen, they want to they show up. So um, 
Black I feel like we are three of a kind on this call. Like, I feel like we were all in like the third grade organizing everybody it's around. True. <laughs> like, this, it's a whole ass move. How long have you been organizing? Like eight. Right. All my life. My Maybe. whole life. Right. I was organizing my teddy bears. What you know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Who you gonna be the colonel? Me, my cousins, my sisters, all of us. <laughs> so organizing, I think, for black people, is just like it's natural. Especially black fam. Especially, especially. Yeah. So I feel like I feel like what happened is like you know. So in the midst of organizing, VIP one hundred taught me, and I think really made it okay and really celebrated. Like you can say fuck the police, fuck prisons, and then organize a party. Mm. And that was a part of our politic too, joy, black joy. And yes. so um, I was always supporting those parties and helping to cultivate them as a support. And then I, we started to have all these different events and I would like host different things and whatever. And so I started to move a little bit towards it. But I will say that as I started to exit ERP 100, I was like, I got a little, I got a little, it got to be a lot to talk about the police brutality. And I was like, I want my activism to be rooted around pleasure activism, mm. right? And shout out to Adrian, Adrian, Adrian Marie Brown with that. And it's like, Come how do I cultivate black Wait, what? Joy? Adrian, come on our podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Adrian to get on my talk show because I'm like, ooh, like praying for it. Right. Literally me manifesting and also sending her an email being like, hey, girl. (laughs) This can happen for all of us. Adrian will will bless all of our lives because they already have her. Yeah, right. (laughs) Talking about pleasure activism and I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. I want to still say fuck the police always and forever. I want to always take care of a prison. And also, I want to really cultivate Black joy because I'm so tired of talking about the shit that we haven't overcome. Because I'm like, what we do best, not best, but what we do really well as Black people is cultivate joy. We we yes. know how to gather and dance and be joyful, even in the midst of pain. So um, even in the midst of pain, a little bit to like my party stuff. So I was hosting different parties that was um, held by a lot of people in community. A lot of it was like a lot of mass folks who were creating the space and then they would bring me in as a host so it'd be mm. like xyz party host jewel the gem and it was cool mm. but then i was like you a whole ass gatherer mm-hmm. well, how about you do a party and you cultivate it and you have black femme and non-binary djs and you do it you know in the way that you do it so i gave it a try and my first one was called an ode to tatiana last june Ooh-cha. yes and shoki was there <laughs> I was like, I remember in the, I had a moment because it was kind of like, I'm just going to do this one thing and see how it goes. And I went in the corner and I got a little lightheaded because there were so many people. And uh-huh. I remember getting a little bit of like imposter syndrome. Like, oh, did I just do this? <laughs> oh shit. It was like, I was like, outside was packed. The basement was packed upstairs, the front yard. And I was like, how did this happen? So yeah. I, so that's insert a ratchet realm. That's when it starts. Um, wow. And I just, you know, I, and I think even a twerk contest that a showcase won, so deservingly. Come on. Was like, <laughs> when I was a kid, my grandmother would, I would have, we would have a, a contest with my, with my cousins and it wasn't called twerk, yes. but I'm West Indian. So Haitian. Okay. We gathered around and my grandmother was Jamaican. Um, so we gathered around and we danced and I'm whining, whatever. And it was always a battle. Right. So I, right. how do I bring this contest cash prize? Literally, I make it rain. I have. I go to the bank. I literally I, make it. Literally. <laughs> oh my God. It was so, it was so, oh my God. <laughs> I was a stripper dream. So I'm like, let me make it. Right. As a bitch who be stripping, <laughs> it was right, great. That, 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm going to say, too, is like, but it's a, it was like, as a witness, it was like the femme for femme action what? on that stage was just Ooh, like yeah. so overwhelming. Yeah, oh, my God. Beautiful is like, I always ask for consent. I'm like, do, is it, do I have permission that's right. to make it rain on you? Yes. This is always like, yes. And it's so powerful to say yes, I feel like. Yes. Yes. Like, as a bitch who enjoys when people throw money at me, like, <laughs> I, I, like, often go into spaces where that is a possibility. The fact, like, I I often, like, reflect back on what it's like for you to have asked me, like, hey, do I have consent to do this thing, right? Because, like, the it's feeling so of the feeling of money on your skin mm. is, is a very particular one, right? <laughs> Pink. I love it. <laughs> Right. And and so but for someone to say, like, is it OK for me to, like, do this thing, which for me is deeply pleasurable, was so powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and it was. I, oh, so it was interesting when you said it, you know, it wasn't extra. I was like, why wasn't it extra? Because I want a ratchet realm to be extra. <laughs> I, I'm extra. I want everybody to be extra. Oh, OK, I'm like, I'll, I'll qualify my extra. But go on. Yeah, OK, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will say, which maybe potentially what you could have been getting at is like, so every single party, people don't know this, but well, one, there is a visible poster, several, that's called mm-hmm. Jules Gems. Before I even started my talk show, called mm-hmm. Jules Gems talk show. Yeah. That's like kind of some community agreements. Mm-hmm. And it's ratchet. It's like you deserve to be ratchet, drink your water, practice consent. Like it's a it's a couple of things that are very like it's a black space, unapologetically. If you're not black, go. Like it's very clear. Right. Like, every single party there are vibe checkers and I created like a community resolution committee also because if exes are in the space, maybe somebody mm. you don't like is in the space. Of course. I mean, there's like, checkers. there's only like 27 black queers in the world anyway. So, so I mean, <laughs> it, it might as well give it your ex is going to be there. Right. Like, so instead of being like, you know, and obviously <laughs> there are, you know, Ratchet Room is not a place for abusers and that's just one period. However, oftentimes I don't know who it is right. who's not, or sometimes it's just like you feel uncomfortable that your ex is there. So literally, a vibe checker, you go to the vibe checker, and you're just like, "Hey, do you mind just like checking in on me, like every thirty minutes, whatever, whatever?" People also, if they're drinking a lot, the vibe checker is like, "Cool, do you need water?" Um, and the last thing that I'll share that Arachirone has is a politic that people also don't know is that it offers. Um, I always have about like three hundred dollars aside <clears throat> for folks specifically centering Black. Um, queer and trans femme to get home in an Uber or Lyft safely. Because mm. everybody deserves to get fucked up, like lit, 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 and just be carried to the lift. <laughs> and yes. they share their ride with the vibe checker. So people came to me at the end all the time and being like, hey girl, can I hop in this lift? I'm like, cool, got you. Right? So these are like mm. party politics. So I use my organizing to think about transportation and safety and embedded that in it. And I mm. use my organizing around like conflict within community. To, to or, you know to put that in there and then twerking and that's from like my family and like but mm. so I said on that I'm literally getting goosebumps right now <laughs> just because it's just I mean you you it's so easy right like you are you are demonstrating how easy it is to have a politic of safety and joy at the same time yeah. right and and let me let me let me check myself and qualify my extra I was probably using the wrong word what I meant is like nobody was like you know that. I mean, you talked already. You were talking about how you were in these masculine 
organized parties and there's, you know, you walk in the door and it's just like you're hit by the energy of someone being like, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm good. I'm 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 the best. Like, I, I got this. And you're like, relax. Like, it's you don't I have to it. prove cool. it to me. Okay. You can just like <laughs> hang out. That's OK. Yeah. And so that's different than like ecstatic joy. Right. Like that's different than like I'm so in this moment that I'm big and my energy is massive and taking up space. That's awesome. I love that. What I don't love is like my ego is taking up so much space or my anxiety about my ego is taking up so much space <sighs> that like you just can't eat. There's no room. There's no breathing room. I didn't feel that at your party. Absolutely. And that felt really good. Well, I also and stage to, the door before the party starts. Mm. I do a lot of spiritual work. I'll be saved. Yeah. Woo <laughs> woo bitches. Yes. <laughs> she report. Wait, they reported you. Recorded me doing it. They were like, "Are oh, you staging you. the door?" I'm like, "Yes, like, <laughs> I don't need no negative energy." And I also think what what's really beautiful is like a party's. I like to go to parties and twerk. I want to be on a stage. I want to have my booty everywhere going. Yes, my but whole think, booty yeah. butt cheeks. Right. But I think what's really beautiful about a ratchet realm is that you can participate in the ratchet behavior in whatever way that feels good for you. You could be at the bar and just drink and just talk to somebody who at the bar. You could be outside. It's a backyard space. And you could just right. smoke and chill with your friends. Or you can go downstairs and just be hot and sweaty and there's a stage there. You it's participate true. in the ways that feel good for you and right. everything is welcome. Like, I'm not like, everyone must dance. You know? <laughs> right. Or everyone must go outside. I'm like, do what feels good for you. I'm here. I'm going to be on stage twerking. Right. You're creating all these levels of access for the party. Okay. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, I had like this smart ass question all lined up and it just fell right out of my head. So I think I was visualizing I, two things were in my head. I had a smart question. And then I also when you said I like to be on stage with my ass out, it brought me back to this memory. So I'm originally from the Bay Area, California. Oh. And the summer I left, whew, that was a hotation. OK, and, <laughs> and um, I was like dating two, three people and um, at the, the last pride in the Bay Area that I had. And there was this party and it was right when um, Big Frida had just come out. Oh, yes. Big and Frida, so like her at, like booty bounce was like, you know, that was the it. And I was I went on stage and it was only after I'd been twerking for like two, three songs that I realized there was a camera and a jumbotron on my ass. <laughs> so I just saw an image of my own neon underwear. So anyways, I just had that flashback. Why you said that, which was one of my best memories. So thank you. For ten out of ten. <laughs> That's a top ten memory. Right. And and that is the energy of the Ratchet Realm parties. In case you were confused, <laughs> it's your ass on a jumbotron. Right. It's a party with a politics. <laughs> right. And I and but it's not a party with like an aggressive, annoying agenda. Like, too stressed out politics. Yeah. 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 And I think it's an ease. that's the thing that has been, you know, I'm, I'm formally in my thirties. Um, and <laughs> I think it's great. It's great. There. And a bitch has been partying in New York for over 15 years. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and partying on, on, you know, partying in the Bay, partying in Europe, partying in, you know, North Africa, partying in South Africa, whatever. But I think it's the reason when people tell me like, oh, I love going here or there. And I'm like, no, I'm a black queer person and I thoroughly enjoy a party in Brooklyn is because these are the ways that people conceptualize what it means for me to feel good and safe at a party in Brooklyn. You know? Our first episode was about 
some of the first yeah. parties in Brooklyn. Some of the to. first parties in Brooklyn I yeah. ever went to. <laughs> and I, yeah. I want to like hold and acknowledge that like the spaces that we go to now would not exist without those that were created, you know, in, in 2000. And I'm not going to date myself. In the 2000s. In the early Girl, 2000s. If, you, yo, if you old, then I'm dead. Ah! Shut your mouth. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like in, in 2000, in 2000, what? Seven, eight, nine. You know, like those, the, the spaces where folks were actively creating black queer parties in New York City in Chicago, in Oakland, are the reasons that we have what it looks like to experience joy in those parties now. And and I'm going to say I think there was room for improvement. Oh, yeah. Because I think a lot of those parties were masculine-led mm-hmm. in a way that, not that I have an issue with masculinity, but I think, you know, masculinity is a work itself out in a lot of ways. And the way <gasps> in which space has been held by some of the mask leaders of our movements, of our parties, has not felt safe for femmes, have not felt safe for the most vulnerable among us. So well, I love what you're modeling, Jewel, and I love the ease. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about you. You described yourself so vividly in that corner, being like, did I do this? But it, it just seems like you are filling a need that was so necessary. Um, I, I do remember also, like, getting the invite, too, and I was impressed and excited that it was so black, blackity black, black. And like no problems with that. I That's also like say it. Like I'm on the mic. Yep. And I've had issues with the owner. I remember. Like, technically, you know, it's a public venue. I literally be on the mic, and I'm like, if you are not black, please exit the space. <laughs> right. And right. It's community. Community will cap you. Excuse me. <laughs> You're not black. You gotta go. Right. And we yep. keep we keep us safe and we keep we keep the space safe and we want to know that mm-hmm. our spaces are black. And I think that for me, I'm like, there's so many parties that I think in Brooklyn that I've gone to that are like very POC. And you know, I always think about that mm-hmm. term and I'm like, you know, I think about POC, I think about Pac. I'm like, I know Pac mm-hmm. died in the 90s. I don't do Pac, I do black. I do P-L-A-C-K, <laughs> I don't do the Pac. She said, I know Pac died in the I don't do Pac. I don't do, I don't even know what that means. Like I didn't learn like of color until I went to college. I was like, what is this academic term? They were like, mm. you know, I'm like, what does this mean? I'm black. I'm blackity black, blackity black, black. And I think <laughs> right. that I want to be unapologetic about it. And luckily the owner of Love Story Bar, shout out to him. He's, he works with, he's like, okay, we figured out ways to navigate, but there's definitely been more people who tried to enter because it's gentrified Brooklyn where they're like, this is great. I don't know why. And I'm like, you got to get out of here. Because the party was only one, it's only once a month. If once a month, you don't need to frequent this bar. One night, one night, go somewhere else. One night only. There's so many bars. I need you to understand, I lived three blocks away from that bar when I was in middle school. Yeah. Oh, And like, the families that I knew when I grew up in that space, Mm. They don't live there no more. And I don't know mm. where they are. Mm. You know? So, like, for me, going back to that space and and seeing all of the other ways that white people have destroyed it, and I'm going to use that word very intentionally, destroyed mm. the energy and, and community of that space. 
And to see a Ratchet Realm inhabit that and build that up just just once a month, right? It's really, really powerful. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that has destroyed that space is a global pandemic. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. But, oh. but I, I do know that that Jewel, you have been trying to figure out a way to keep the energy going in this in these times. And so I'm curious, how have you adapted to to quarantine, to virtual only gathering? Like what have you learned? What have you what have you tried? What what works, what doesn't? What's happening? Yeah. So, you know, when the pandemic officially, officially started in, in March, right. it was interesting because I think that one of my most lit parties was actually March 7th, which was like, oh, shit. right before Caribbean, like literally like the weekend before the show. Oh, shit. It was so lit. Like the level of lit, like to, to my, go out with a bang. Like, yes, yes. I've never like, I mean, it, it, it might have been one of the like top three packed parties. Wow. And it was so it was hot. Amazing. It was hot. <laughs> afro-caribbean theme um it was called broke off your back and it was dope it was so dope um and i thought about oh people were like what are you gonna do in april so i thought it was i'm like oh this pandemic is not really it's gonna be like two weeks like i don't know <laughs> like, right. we'll be back when we didn't know had dex who, who did all of my flyers so shout out to dex and i was like dex here's the, here's the information for april 11th because and I kept going and I, I booked up a person who was going to fly from Ohio to come and perform because also a Ratchet has wow. performers because I value performers yeah. so much. And I always have performers for every party who are Black and queer. Um, and so I'm like, oh, let's keep it going. Like, you know, next month. And then I remember like, it was like end of March. And I was like, I don't think, right. I don't think we're going to be able to do this party. <laughs> so then April comes and everybody's like, Jewel, I guess it's canceled. I was like, I guess. All right, yeah. we'll be back in May. No problem. <laughs> so I think when it got to be the end of April, I was like, okay, I need to figure this out. Like, I need to do something. Yeah. So I came up with these different series, and they were invite only because I wanted them to be invite only. <laughs> I was like, and I also yeah, it was a trying shit because I was like, yeah. I'm now I'm learning Zoom. Like, I'm learning mm -hmm. what. Is, how do I do you someone DJ on here? How do I share a screen? Like, what is this? So I created these Ratchet series. Yeah. And it was the R&B Ratchet Room, which mm -hmm. is, it was like R&B singers, Black queer and trans singers, singing their own songs, singing covers. And I literally had a spreadsheet, Virgo style, name, IG, right. email, who I sent it to, wrote everything Correct. back. Correct. Personalized right. invitation. Personalized invitation. Hi, Ashoke. That's right. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Super dope. And I was like, that's what I have capacity for. I don't know about a party. But we can vibe and we can gather. Yeah. And people were like, yeah, but I need more. And I was like, all right, how about I create a sex party oh. on Zoom? Oh. Play party. Hence, I never did it before. I never went to one BC before, before Corona. So <laughs> I don't know why I thought that I could do it, but I did. And it was a success. And so what I did was I collaborated with a really dope person who does this pre-corona and and now who's like a dope like just just amazing and, and does does a lot of like uh, sex therapy like it's, it's like literally like a sex educator that's the word and her name is Jennifer Eden she goes by slut of the month and I was like <gasps> hey slut of the month please please come on our podcast oh yeah you're great also I want to twerk up. I want to twerk with you in a bathtub that's a very specific desire 
but I would like to twerk with you in my bathtub and also with you in your bathtub. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait. I will tell plug. me everything. I will plug because I'm actually <laughs> doing a tiny tub interview on the 28th or something. Yes. From the rat tiny Dumpty. tub is a thing. Oh my god. It's a thing. So I was like, hey, boo, how about we do this thing together? And Jennifer was like, bet when. So we created this virtual space. Yes. And, uh... and we got breakout rooms and it's a lingerie party. So people literally can like, they come with their, I mean, people came with their bunny ears. They whipped their chains. Oh my God. My jaw is actually dropped on. right now. Like, oh my God. Eight. I mean, it was cute. And once again, it was invite only. And I was trying to navigate what it means to invite certain people and have them see my nipples outside mm-hmm. of a rat room. Cause I mean, they already seen it, but right. you know, <laughs> but that's, that's not on the internet, right? You vulva. can't screen capture. Right. Um, but wait, you said vulva backup. What? Vulva. <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, there might be some things they might see. So I was like, who do I invite to this? Who are my friends? So I had a hard time. Mm-hmm. Let's work with you in a bathtub. That's a very specific desire, but I would like to twerk with you in my bathtub and also with you in your bathtub. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait, I will tell plug. me everything. I will plug because I'm actually <laughs> doing a tiny tub interview on the 28th or something. Yes. From the rat tiny Dumpty. tub is a thing. Oh my God. It's a thing. So I was like, Hey, boo, how about we do this thing together? And Jennifer was like, bet when? So we created this virtual space. Yes. And and we got breakout rooms and it's a lingerie party. So people literally can like, they come with their, I mean, people came with their bunny ears. They whipped their chains. Oh my God. My jaw is actually dropped on. right now. Like, oh my God. I mean, it was Kayu. And once again, it was invite only. And I was trying to navigate what it means to invite certain people and have them see my nipples outside mm-hmm. of a rat room. Cause I mean, they already seen it, but right. you know, <laughs> but that's, that's not on the internet, right? You can't screen capture. Right. Um, but wait, you said vulva backup. What? Vulva, <laughs> yep. Yep. I was like, there might be some things they might see. So I was like, who do I invite to this? Who are my friends? So I had a hard time, mm-hmm. but I was like, this is a pilot. So we, I did that. And then people were like, they didn't get invited to that. Not everyone, because I was trying to figure it out. That's fair. Listen. And so, right. So- Sometimes you got to not invite people and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exclusivity is a politics. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I also was like, I don't know who's into that or not. That was kind of hard. I was like, yeah. I don't want to invite someone. Someone's like, Jewel, never. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but I'm going to invite y'all because clearly I'm interested. But, um, and then, and then people were like, I'd need a ratchet room. Mm. So then I said, okay. Not like in a bad way, but I was like, all right, I'll figure this out. So I hit up Muse. Literally doing resident DJ on Zoom. Muse is the bomb. Muse is amazing. Muse is the resident DJ for Arachia Realm and does amazing things outside of just DJing. And Muse of Fire is their name. That's and right. Put a link in the show notes. Right. Yep. Link in the show notes. Plug, plug, plug. I'm linking all these people in the show notes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because you know I'm a plugger. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So um, I, put, I put all my niggas on. What's good? That's right. So, ah. so for me, it was like, how do I? twerk contest i'll just share this before i we can move on to the next one because i know we have more questions and stuff no this is great i'm in it (laughs) a twerk contest i'm talking about people twerking on their mattress on their air mattress that's right people twerking in their kitchen by their refrigerator not on the air mattress though (laughs) it just it hit another level for me that Mm. i was like actually Mm. 
So it's called a virtual ratchet realm. So it's mm-hmm. like, yes. we're in this digital space and I'm over here, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. <laughs> like, I mean, it was like, wow. Right. Had pole dancers, performers. I mean, it was, it was yes. a whole thing. And people hit me up after like, Jewel, how did you, like, what, how did I feel? Like, I'm literally like, and the thing, you know, like people are like, I'm literally feel like I'm in a ratchet realm, like, but it's virtual space. And mm. then people, like, the best part of it was that it was accessible. People from everywhere, like came, different countries, Canada was in the building, like China right. was in the building, all black people. Yes. Right? Like, we be in China. Everywhere. That's right. Yeah, they do. That's yeah, right. they do. East Coast, everyone was there. And then people were like, what was the best part was I don't have to get on the train. That's right. Right. I didn't have to call nobody's Uber. No Uber. All I had to do put my booty shorts on and just be like, yeah, so it was amazing. So I feel like what was really beautiful is that, you know, it's, it is like, you got a DM for the link. So I'm everybody who's DMing me. I'm making sure that you're black. I'm going to your IG. If I can't figure it out, the answer is no. So Ooh, yes. the link is very mm-hmm. like, it's very intentional. It's very Google. I love it. Very. So the, those are the spaces that I've been creating on in addition to like the talk show that I have and the other things that I do. But I think that oh, just a talk show. Oh, just the other yes. Casual, <laughs> casually. Casually. gems IG live talk show. Okay. Which you know that's pretty much booked through October because you know boom, bungo shit. Uh, uh, yeah, like I feel like what it meant to create these virtual spaces and y'all in the midst of this pandemic has been really, it's been wild because in April, I lost two of my grandmothers in six days, both of them. Oh no. And I remember being on my couch, like not moving and being like just frozen and being like, mm. and looking forward to the events that I was doing with the community mm. because nothing was more, nothing gave me more. And I'm like getting goosebumps because nothing made me more happier to hop into the Zoom and have people mm. be like, thank you for this space. Mm. Thank you for, mm. for, for curating this for us. Cause I don't know yeah. how to sing. So the R&B Bachelor Room literally was me just putting a platform for Black queer and trans folks to sing. Like, I wasn't, right. I'm just gathering. I didn't sing, you know what I mean? Um, mm. So I think for me, it was really healing. And as a person who also lived by, lives by herself in this pandemic, for me to like connect with people and see them have so much joy on a Zoom has been healing for me and lifting mm. for me. Yes. Well, first, I just want to say I'm sorry for your losses. Mm. That is not a small thing. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of grief. Like, const- grief is constant for all of us right now. Some, some in different ways than others. And I, I'm sorry for that. Um, and I'm glad that you've been receiving healing from this. And I, I just, I, 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 I'm still stuck with the image of you, even in your check-in, about the holding you've been doing, and you literally have a black woman holding the world on your back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking about that delicate balance between holding and then gathering a place where there is exchange and reciprocity Mm -hmm. and that can be such a delicate balance right like just a little bit can go off and you can be doing too much right but if it's right you're you're creating the container and people are coming and they're meeting you there and they're bringing something for you also Mm -hmm. and it sounds like you've been able to do that and and I also want to lift up so I'm in the theater that's my profession so right now it's been the whole situation figuring out what that means (laughs) during pandemic and the one gift, the one gift at this moment is what you're saying. People are coming from all over the world. They would not have been able to do that before. So, yeah, yeah I, thank you for, yeah. for all of that. Yeah, thank I, I, I want to just second that, like, 
to have been in community and like literally like breathed with you in some of these spaces has has felt incredibly transformative to me. And also like you're right, like as a person who has who has who has been able to breathe in these spaces and also has been able to exist digitally in these spaces, like it is wildly transformative, right? To like, like I, I manage a lot of social anxiety, like performer or nah, like party animal or nah, like Mm -hmm. I, I manage a lot of like social anxiety and to, to be able to come into this space and exist in it in a way that like feels good and safe. For me, as a bitch who's been partying in New York for a long time, is has been transformative, honestly. And I want to like really like honor you for saying like this is what we need right now. And so I, I, I think something that connects to me for this is is about this this politic that you have around who who gets to be involved and invited in these spaces and who does not. Right. And so I think something that I have come into and, and, and been really appreciative of in your politic, when whether we were in person or, or whether we were digital, was your politic around abusers. Mm-hmm. And so I think that something that I have have deeply appreciated is, you know, when you say like, hey, like if you come to if you as a survivor come to me as an organizer and say, hey, X, Y, and Z has been abusive to me, then that person is not allowed in the space. Period. Bass on what? Period. Period. You know, and like that not being something you're willing to compromise or or maybe or well actually, right? And I, I want to talk to you a little bit more about what does it mean to 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 hold that kind of accountability in organizing spaces. And specifically like survivor centered, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That has been, (laughs) I mean, apparently there's books about it, but I clearly (laughs) haven't read it, but (laughs) that's all right. They not saying nothing. You don't already into it, girl. Let me tell you, let me tell you. Right. But I'm like, find me the book that says, Black, queer, and trans-centered party space in Brooklyn led by a Black femme survivor who's been harmed by primarily Black trans-GNC masculine. Like, tell me that. Right. Tell, tell me how to do that. Ain't none. That book ain't there. It's right. not. Ain't so layered. Like, right. you know what I mean? So for me, as a politic, as like, you listen to what the survivors want. Right. Um, And also pause um you listen to what the survivors want <laughs> so like survivors want different things some survivors have told me Joel my abuser may not may or may not come to the party tonight what I would like for you to do is just have your vibe checker check in on me and as long as we're separate right. we can be in the space cool cool some people say you know we've moved past it they can whatever I don't even need a vibe checker to check in on me because they're the, what and I think that there's layers right and I'm yeah. I like to assess like okay so if they are in the space, what is the impact on other people? Like, there's a lot of layers and we have conversation. Um, but I speak to the people who are like, this person has caused me harm and I don't want them in the space. And I think that's something that I 
I honor. I honor so deeply because we deserve to feel joy and mm -hmm. to not feel like we are going to get harmed in the space or to get triggered in the space. I really feel like a ratchet realm is a place where you can like let your self be just, you know, mm -hmm. and it's hard to do that with, with that in the space. So I've had a lot of backlash from mm -hmm. that politic to be as unapologetic the way that it is. Um, I've, I've made mistakes. Um, mm -hmm. I haven't always held it. I'm a reflector. So I can look back. And, yes. Mm, I could have done that a little softer. Amen. We all got to do that. Passionate. Yeah. Um, but I think that people forget that I'm a mobilizer of community. I'm a mobilizer specifically of black survivors. And first and foremost, I am a survivor myself. Wow. And I myself has asked community before I held a ratchet realm to hold my abuser accountable by not allowing them in this space. So how do I look as a survivor when a survivor comes to me and says, I don't want my abuser in the space for me to say no when I did the right. same thing and right. people listen to me. Right. Okay? Right. And I, and I think that's the thing is that there's privilege in the fact that people listen to me because people don't always listen to survivors. And I feel like people listen to me for a lot of different reasons, maybe social capital, maybe because they thought that they was going to be dragged on an IG live if, I, if they didn't. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe because I was going to bring the goons to the door. Who knows? Right. But all the above. Either way, <laughs> I think that like, how do we listen to people even if they don't have clout? Right. Even if they don't, even if they're not able to even speak up and say, I don't want my abuser in the space. Because oftentimes when I ask survivors what they want, they're like, I don't even know. Because right. how often are we asked that? How often right. are we that. So I think that this, that, you know, I've definitely, like I said, I've definitely made some, some errors in yeah. um, not thinking about multiple survivors in situations. And right. there's multiple truths and how two people will come because it's, it's, it's one thing when one person comes to you and they're a survivor and the person admits to being an abuser and you say you can't come they say cool and that's right easy breezy but when there was one person who comes to you and you say oh, okay i'll tell the person not to come and the other person said well i'm a survivor too mm -hmm. right if you say that your politics is to believe survivors then you believe both question exclamation yep. dot 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 ellipsis yes because there are multiple truths, and I think that our community, I think as Black people, we are really having a hard time, and probably haven't in a really long time, navigating survivorship. Mm -hmm. right? And so I'll say that, like, yeah, I've been very bold, and I've been very, like, you're not welcome here. Um, and I've also been using the, the terminology of known abusers, because I don't know every abuser. Right. What's my attention? then now I have a, that's a call to action. And so what I, and what I did was in informing the conflict resolution committee, which exists outside of myself, because one, I was getting triggered. People uh -huh. telling me stories that I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what my motherfucker did to me, uh, right? And then I also was like, well, Jewel, you didn't hear this side. And da -da -da, and, da -da -da. and I was like, actually, I can't hold that. At a party where I'm drunk, people coming <laughs> in the moment, right. talking about, and I'm like, wait a minute. So I had to have a system outside of myself that has a politic. So I literally interviewed each person, their wow. community, literally like a team. Of this people. is so wise. Yeah. Keep going. I'm so inspired. Go on. <laughs> and I was like, can y'all 
help me? <laughs> Can y'all help me hold community accountable? And I think through that process is where I learn a little bit more about survivors doing this work is really complex. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's really important to form systems outside of yourself. Yeah, I, I think I have a question about... I have like seven, I, but yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think this, what I hear you saying is to come into an understanding of what it means to center the needs of survivors, to come into an understanding of what it means to hold people accountable. What does it mean? What is the, what is the work of centering a survivor? And what is the work that the abuser then needs to do? Like, and are you involved in that process? Are other people involved in that process? Do you refer people to a process? Like, what does that look like? I love that question because also I feel like there's a lot of, I just want to say this because Spirit just is saying this to me. Mm. Tell me. That I get villainized a lot for being a darker skinned black femme from the hood. Okay. Mm. And so when I hold someone accountable and I say that what you did was disgusting and what you did was fucked up and what you Mm. did hurt me and I see my abuser in you, People are like, how? Oh, I don't understand. How could you possibly? How could you ever? Mm-hmm. But what they didn't hear is me say that before I even held them accountable, I gave them points as to what I was going to ask them to do. I asked them if we were having a conversation in front of thousands of people, what time and day works for you? Mm-hmm. And lastly, which is most importantly, I set them I connected them with a person who could support them. Yeah. Mm. And I think that it's so interesting because I think that accountability is love. Yes. yes. If I didn't fuck with you, if I didn't fuck with you, I wouldn't tell you, here's how you can get better. Here's how you fucked up. And here's how you could get better. If I didn't fuck with you, I would just let you fucking rot in the sun. I would let people right. tear you apart. With no recourse. And if I didn't fuck with my community, because if you don't get your healing and do better and transform by the community won't come and take you back. That means, because if I I always think about if my past abusers were held accountable before they even dated me, then maybe. Maybe. By the time they got to me. They never would have. They never would have done or said. Absolutely. So the work of, so for me, it's like, I am holding you accountable with love and love doesn't mean loving in the way that we see flowers. Love and light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because even roses have thorns. Okay. (laughs) Say that. But what I heard you say, Mm -hmm. no, you go ahead. Well, I guess just to wrap up that piece where it was like, I think that So I am involved in that process in a very different way. So I'm doing a lot more advocacy for the survivor. What do you need? Tell me what you need, money, what you need, what you need, what you need, what are your demands? And I'm, and I'm interacting with the, with, with the person who is an abuser or someone who caused harm in a way that's um, setting up a team or setting up people to be on a team and then communicating with a point person from that team on how to communicate to the survivor. So I'm still remaining in the process. Mm. And I think that is critical. And I think that like being a quote unquote, like social, like a public figure, which I'm like, ah, 
people are like, <laughs> tell me all the things that you do. I don't owe you a step-by-step. Because right. my activism is not performative. Okay. It's real life right. shit. Okay. And it happens right. before and after an IG live. Know that. Yep. Well, and, and I think you also have laid out a little bit of a step-by-step. And part of that is, is the dot, dot, dot that you said earlier. Like, it's not about, I know everything I got to unlock. Like, you know, I'm going to write the book. It's I'm living in this unknown. I'm leaning into these places where I am growing also. And I'm realizing that I need help and I know how to ask for support. I mean, there's just so much wisdom you draw. I just want to reflect a few things I heard. Like, first of all, like, you're naming that, like, what people hone in on because of fucking colorism and class shit and whatever. They're honing in on the the force of your words, but they're not honing in on your generosity, on your constantly asking for consent, even from abusers. What time works for you? Can you work with this person? That is a consent process right there. And and the fact that you're you're offering specific ways to engage you're still that that question of access that's come up before in the way that you organize your parties that's coming up in these processes as well so you've got access points you've got generosity you've got consent you've got continuing to build teams and teams of support it's like there's no one here as an individual it's recognizing the interconnectivity the interdependence of everyone in the situation and you're learning into that you're saying oh right in the beginning it was like survivor versus abuser and now it's like layers of survivors right and how do we how do we figure that out like there's so much wisdom that you dropped in that I feel I feel you know I hope someday you do write the book because I want to read it <laughs> but also like it might never be a book because I don't know that a book could hold the kind of iterative the kind of uh, necessarily tr- like contextual like it's going to shift it's going to change in every moment and I think what you're reflecting is like you're figuring out that transformation process. You're figuring out that how do I continuously reflect? You say I'm a reflector. How do I reflect? How do I admit that I did it wrong so I can think about a different ways to do it? How could I, how do I ask for support? Like there's so much modeling in what you're yeah. doing. I'm I really, think what's really been appreciate presented it. to me, which I think I'm hoping that it manifests to come to reality is a documentary. And I think Ah. Yeah, that's been presented to me. So hopefully I come into the ether. Yes. That really speaks. I definitely am a writer and I'm a thinker and I'm a reader and I love. Um, so I, I see a book and I see a documentary and I see a lot of. I can't wait. And I think that um, what I did, you know, when I think about doing this, like, you know, IG live, like holding someone accountable, like that had been viral. There's like 100,000 views at this point. And I'm like, whoa, did not know that was going to mm. happen. And my and my and my commitment to survivors, all survivors, because I know there's multiple complexities, is to create this Sunday Survivor series, mm. an online platform as well, where and it's specifically for Black folks, and it alternates between an IG Live one Sunday and a Zoom circle the other Sunday, and I'm um, speaking wow. to healers, practitioners, and there's different breakout groups, and it's a breakout group for Black queer and trans mass folks, it's a black a breakout group. Um, for youth, a breakout group for for parents, a break, a breakout group for look at you, yeah, organizer. That's my commitment. <laughs> that's my commitment. Is like, and the, the has the, the the tagline is like, come get this healing because we're all surviving something, and if we don't come get this healing, hurt people, hurt people. Okay, and continue. So come get this healing. Come over. I literally was sending some texts, and I was like, if you come to this party come to the survivor circle let's go mm. and it's black and it's free and at the end of each one because mm. I was able to get 
some community funds for doing that, that viral live. I'm all about redistribution of wealth. Mm. And so each, each circle has um, a survivor scholarship where I literally give folks um, $100, a few people each one. And wow. I'm like, get this for your healing. This could be for your therapy. Wait, can we donate to this now? Can we link this in the show notes? Oh, yes. There's actually going to be a Patreon. Okay. So I'll send you all the- Okay, we will yes. link it in the show notes. Yes, so right now, <laughs> right now I'm collecting it on my Venmo, but the Patreon will be active by the end of the month. But um, I'm super excited. So a lot of white people, they're like, well, I can't come to the Zoom, but can I pay, can I donate? I'm like, absolutely, because I'm a redistributor, right? And so I'm a reflector. I'm a redistributor. I'm all of the things about our people. Mm. And so we people, are so lucky you exist. <gasps> okay. Okay. Say like, that. that. Uh, <laughs> we don't deserve you. I mean, I'm trying, but wow. <laughs> A lot of shit. I'm really committed to our people. I really am. Like, and really, and I'm not perfect. I think that's why the reason why I can say about like I'm learning because I know I be fucking up, and people will hit me up and let me know I be fucking up. So (laughs) it all comes back around. Fuck up, but I will continue to try to be better. And I think that's that's the critical piece is to try to be better and to grow and evolve. Yeah. Can I? So let me ask you this question: Mm -hmm. If you could talk to your younger self, and maybe that younger self is like six months ago. Yeah. What's Mm -hmm. something you learned now that you'd be like? Let me let me give you this piece of wisdom. Yes. Um, I love that. I feel like I have so many things. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to answer it two ways. Great. Um, Community-wise, I if I went back to circa 2015, and this is around the time me and Ashoke met, like early BIP 100 Jewel. That's right. Um, That's right. I participated in disposability in a way mm. like, oh, you did this thing to me? I ain't talking to you no more. Like, yeah. but uh, black, right? <laughs> Immediately, without without a lot of conversation, without mm-hmm. let's just yeah. not talk to the visit because I think I was in such in this like fuck police, fuck prison. Like, I think I was in the state of mind that I think there was a piece of like disposing of people who who we had conf- had conflict with and. I, if I was to go back to 2015, 2016, Jewel, I think I would have just had more conversations and then let people know that like, it's not that I'm disposing of you. I want to shift where we are. I, I'm still available to you for your healing. Um, however, I don't want to navigate with you in this way. So kind of letting people know, because Black people, we inherently mm. abandonment issues. And I think that I abandoned a lot of people. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> So I you think just that, like, me with that. I would I wish yeah. I could go back and, and practice a lot more of like holding before cutting the ties. Um, but I think for myself, I think I think <laughs> navigating abuse while I was also trying to be a community person, I found myself in vulnerable situations where I'm like navigating and being like survivor survivor and then i'm not even paying attention to like the person who's to the left of me the person who's right. in my bed is doing it like it's still happening to me so i think mm-hmm. i would like to go back to maybe me a week ago <laughs> okay right okay. <laughs> uh toxicity has a road to abuse in a very particular way and don't a lot of toxic shit either don't allow the toxic shit and don't just because a motherfucker is not doing what they used to do in terms of like physical abuse. If they are fucking with your worthiness, that also is, is the journey of something that you don't want to go back to. So like always remind yourself that you are home. 
no one is home to you. You are home. Mm-hmm. So um, I would tell myself that a week ago. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That to remind myself that I'm home. Yeah. yeah. I think there's such a link between those two things you said, right? Because sometimes because we have allowed something before that has like totally like passed the boundaries that we we thought we held for ourselves, then sometimes we're quick to be disposable with people who do less. And so that 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 learning how to discern, wait, no, 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 this is the actual Mm. thing. And I need to cut that out so that I have capacity to say to the person who can learn, who's actually willing to be in accountability with me. Hey, I need you to shift a little bit. I'm super glad you said discern because two of my favorite words is discernment and alignment. Yes. And so discern is... Tattoos, discernment, alignment. Yes, right. <laughs> right. I'm literally like, wow, I guess I'm just going to have to put that on my body because. Right. <laughs> but interesting about tattoos, I actually have a tattoo that says I am worthy. Mm. And it's interesting because it's a black woman with her eyes closed, because I genuinely feel like when you close your eyes, you're able to tap into parts of your body. But for some yeah, reason, true. you could have a tattoo on you. But if you are not practicing, if you are not alignment with the tattoo that mm. you have as a reminder, then what is it? I haven't looked at her in about five months. Mm. To remind mm. myself of worthiness. Like, hello, I got it. Mm. I got her ink on me. Hello. <laughs> right, yeah. Right. right. And what is what is that I mean know. for me? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think. I think the piece that I have, have settled into and really come to to be reflecting on and considering is the ways in which we hold name or don't name call out culture, right? Mm. And so what does it mean to be in a space where we are actively holding call out culture to be something that's important, at least in the queer black community, and to center survivors in those conversations. Because I've seen what happens when we don't do that. So what does it mean to you to center a survivor in a call out? What are the public facing conversations and what are the conversations that may happen behind the scenes? Well, I just want to name, this is a big question and we got an 830 out. So yes, well, Ooh. I can <laughs> a succinct way because I think about this often. So one, I want to say that I appreciate this question because it allows for me to mention something very specific that's very behind the scenes. And I'm really excited for people to listen to this because people probably just don't know. I, I really believe that when it comes to Black people, specifically Black, queer, and trans people, we have to do a call in first. Yeah. So every call out that y'all seen, there was always a call in first. Mm. There was always an opportunity to have people deplatform themselves, to have people come All up right. with their own statement, to have yes. people speak to the survivor. Like, I mean, like, so when you see the call out that happens on mm-hmm. these public platforms, you're like, oh, the drag. But I'm like, but you don't know the behind the scenes conversation. That's right. Yeah. You don't know, and I'll speak from my personal experience about how when I called out the person who caused me harm, and that was my first IG Live, there was conversation. We, I hit up someone to 
um, have an accountability process for us first. I also yeah. said, can you write a letter telling community what you did to me? Right. And they said, okay. And they did what activists do. A lot of activists who- Advocate. They were like, well, the person of which I said that I have may have caused potential, no. They didn't name me. They had multiple partners that I did not know of. So I'm like, I need you to say my name, say my name. Mm. They didn't name me. They mentioned the words that were, they mentioned the scenarios in like non-chronological order. So it made it seem like something that was very different. Like they basically like mind fucked me in the statement. And I was like, this is not good enough. Please go back. And that's when they were like, no. So then I was like, now nah, I've taken it to my own hands. So I want to be very clear. I also, told, when I told community, I don't want this person in community spaces. I also was like, I want this to happen for nine months. After nine months, we can be in space. There, there's literally like, so I think for me as a survivor, I was able to articulate that. So the call out that happened had parameters. It had time yes. frames. It had like, I had a an understanding document. of what you wanted. So I think I wanted it. Exactly. I think survivor centered is asking the survivor and center what they want mm -hmm. and to communicate those needs when you're doing essentially the call out. And like I said, it's, it comes with a call in first. So call in first, have Zoom yes. meeting, have someone mediate the conversation. After yeah. this, I got a conversation. Well, I got an IG live. After the IG live, I have a conversation with an ex of mine that you know, felt like I caused her harm because I had an abrupt ending with her and it wasn't abusive, mm -hmm. but I heard, I heard her feelings and, and I want to take acknowledgement of that mm. clearing of the air, but it's going to happen on a phone call y'all and not an IG live. <laughs> right. So right. Like for me, listen to the survivor. Because that's what that person asked for. And that's what they asked for. I love that. I, thank you for adding that nuance. I think I think we we are desperate for nuance, and, and in a moment when like there's so much, like all of our we're all triggered, right? And, and like, social everything's media at the is surface. terrible at nuance, right? And so I, at that level of nuance, like the scaffolding, first the call in, have a process. Even the call out itself has parameters and like ask and requests that are specific. It's not just like. I'm screaming at the void. It's like there's there's a there's a process happening. I love the way you bring politics into everything that you do. You are a true role model. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we wanna we don't wanna keep you from your people. Um, we know you got an IG live, so I think we should move to a toast. A toast to the groom. To the groom, to the groom, to the groom, to the bride, to the bride, to the bride. And I gave the I gave the check-in, so it's okay. What's our toast? Our toast is towards a future of centering the joy and pleasure of black femmes. Dike, I said joy. Mira, mira, okay? Because I want you to listen to me. Escúchame. I said joy. She's drunk and she's speaking in all I'm her accents. I'm so fucking drunk. I said joy <laughs> and pleasure, right? Not just like what makes me happy, but what brings me deep, integral, sensual pleasure. That's that's the kind of future that I want to center. So cheers. Cheers, friends. Cheers to joy and pleasure in the deepest recesses of ourselves. Mm. Thank you. All right, y'all. I just want to say thank you so much to our homie, Jewel the Gem. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
I feel like I learned a lot in this and I'm really grateful. Thank you for your modeling. Thank you for like these intentional questions. Thank you for WhatsApping me, Shoke. I never took my WhatsApp and literally in the middle of the night, it just notified me. And I think that was a divine <laughs> alignment. So thank you. Thank you for being in community with me. Thank you for both like supporting the events that I do. Like, I mean, all of that. Like, I think it's, I love to hear that. I love to hear that it's landing in the ways that I need it to land. So thank you. Oh, we better get a sex party invite. That's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Period. It's happening in August, so it's coming soon. Like, I think it's three weeks. Wow, literally me being like, shit, I need to get my in like my whole outfit. <laughs> Amazing. You want to take us out? That's okay. Thank y'all for tuning in. Please use the hashtag cheers and queers and pod in on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. Okay, please follow us on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, tell your friends, me some cuties, tell us what you're drinking. Uh, we're going to be putting up some really cute uh, summer uh, drink recipes so y'all can follow us on Instagram and then follow us on Twitter so you can uh, drink what we drink in. And uh, go check out the Patreon tiers. There are multiple ways to support for as little as $3 and all the way up to uh, all the money you got. Um, <laughs> and we will shout you out, support you, and there are... Um, gifts and reciprocities for the different tiers um and uh we really really hope that you will consider donating to the cause and if you uh don't have the coin right now that's all right please uh go ahead and rate us on itunes uh or whatever podcatcher you're listening to and uh we love reading the comments we love knowing why you love us and it helps us in the ratings um, helps people find this podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The music in this episode was provided by B. Steadwell, Boomscat, and Abel Shifra. You can find B at bsteadwell.com. You can find Boomscat at boomscat.com. And you can find Abel in a house because it's a pandemic. That's right. <laughs> we are members of the Gifted Sound Network. This episode was produced by uh, myself and... Ow, you show okay. And with support from Lance Johns. Thank you. Thank you, Lance. Take care of yourselves, fam. Stay safe. Bye, y'all. Bye. This has been a Gifted Sounds podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. For more podcasts, please visit giftedsounds.com.